1: Welcome back, Lucky Lefty Podcast. CMB Nation presented, 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 presented it, it by Twisted T. That's the best. Yes, sir. com and also MalikZaire.com for that Anora Whiskey. You might as well use it as a nightcap. Marcus Freeman does. Anora Whiskey. Last evening, Jordan Clark transferred defensive back from Arizona State committed to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He is the son of Ryan Clark, host of The Pivot and also ESPN Personality and also former Super Bowl defensive back with the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Legacy can never go wrong with Legacy Player.
1: Never. If you you missed it yesterday, Malik did a fabulous film breakdown of FIU wide receiver transfer, Chris Mitchell, who committed to Notre Dame this afternoon. He's in the fold. Go check out that film analysis over at the Lucky Lucky YouTube page. Malik did a fabulous job. Malik covered the young man, called the Florida international game this year. Very good breakdown on what he could be. You'll love it. It's right there on the YouTube page. That's right so those two commitments out of the portal left what are you thinking with those two guys joining the notre dame program
2: well you talk about attention to detail and and it's always you can never have enough nickels so to be able to get a guy with legacy is a way better fit in my mind to what can happen in terms of how it impacts the team and anytime you got legacy as a player on your team, is going to affect it in some way positively. I think for him to be a matured uh, version of what he probably was coming out of high school will be better for us than what he probably was at Arizona State. And hopefully, having that experience, he's able to play at that level that his dad did, which is a high level and make an impact for our defense at that nickel position because we need it. And then for a receiver-wise, it's great to add a piece in the room that you can put around other guys and can. Uh, and have compete to be better. I mean, he had what top five in receptions last year, but also the run after catch and the yards after contact that he was able to accumulate through the season to show that from his size, he's not a a, a number one receiver from his size, but he's a very, very, very good 1B or number two that you need to be able to have in that room, not only to reset, but to challenge the guys in the room who a lot have uh, very un- uh, experience and untapped potential in there. Chris Mitchell is a veteran guy, how Sam was in the quarterback room, but it'll be a different translation because receivers tend to, you know, work off each other a little bit better than the quarterbacks do. So for him to have that experience and also uh, in game experience, I think is going to help develop the room faster, but also challenge them to be competitive. Something that Mike Brown, coach coming in for the receivers, can really work off of. And for Chris Mitchell, I mean, just to be himself, I mean, to go in there and have the production he has is something to really, uh, be excited about because you know that if it does go his way, it's a a high potential that he'll come down with it. And that's got to be a huge comfort blanket for these quarterbacks, especially them being young. And hopefully he comes in early enough, they can start getting the chemistry down. The only thing I'm concerned about is the chemistry, because I still think the number one receiver has to come from within the room. I don't think we can hire a number one outside of, uh, or in the transfer portal, unless he's like, you know, Marvin Harrison something.
1: with this young man, the versatility. One thing we we'll talked about this earlier on IB. Um, Notre Dame got caught with the pants down because of injuries. And when the two outside guys that they had got injured, they recognized that they only had inside guys in the wide receiver room that was healthy. So they had to target outside guys in the transfer portal, at least two, maybe even three.
2: Yeah, I mean at this point, you know, I don't mind taking an overload of receivers because somebody got to shake out of it. You know, somebody's got to be the top dog in that room. Somebody's got to be willing to be like our our D lineman recruit out of Florida that's come in and saying, I'm taking somebody's spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, straight up, that's the attitude change more so than the talent change needs to happen in that room. And I think having Mike Brown being added to the room as well as the fact you get guys like Chris Mitchell, guys that are accomplished, it gives something of the room to be proud of and also to chase after because, I mean, his receptions last year probably more than anybody next year, but it's something to shoot for if he's in the seventh range.
1: Absolutely. So now we move to what we recognize as one of the biggest recruiting days, I said recruiting. because This is what the transfer portal has become. One of the best, biggest recruiting days coming up later this week at Notre Dame as quarterback Riley Leonard visits Notre Dame as the same day as wide receiver transferred from Clemson, Bo Collins, uh, visits the same day as Riley Leonard. And then we have wide receiver Josh Kelly transferred from uh, Arizona State, Washington State, I'm sorry, Washington State, on campus checking out the program as well let's start with josh kelly left i know you like really like this dude he brings the attitude to that position boy as like you watch him in that game against colorado boy he was woofing at travis hunter he was letting travis hunter know i'm about to give you this work today boy
2: yeah, I mean, that's surprising. We usually don't get guys with that much edge at the receiver position. You usually get upstanding citizens, guys that got 4.0s and valedictorians and Habitat for Humanity volunteer type of people at the receiver position. But to get that kind of attitude is really good to see because he's going to be talking to other receivers in that room that they better step up their game.
1: So, Riley Leonard, Bo Collins, package deal, package visit, sixth through the seventh at Notre Dame. Riley Leonard has long been rumored to be a big-time lean to Notre Dame. What's your thoughts on Riley Leonard? You kind of talked about, well, let me play this clip. Now I'll just go ahead and play this clip. Let me play it. This is CJ Prosize and Malik Zaire from our show last week talking about Riley Leonard possibly being a transfer quarterback at Notre Dame. going back to the eight hey, we're going back to the same well twice like That's once what I'm again we're going to a small school with dudes that have no idea what it is playing a big game against clemson at duke is not, not the big same. games at notre dame it's, it's not the same and it dude and say you saw that when sam hartman played against ohio state this is not the same dude it's a different level
3: yeah no i'm you know I- I would be with, you know, going to the portal for, for, a, for a quarterback, you know, a young quarterback, but you know, I'm for, a, to, to do another to play against a fifth year that we just about to play again, that we played against before that we did a year before it with Sam Harmon. It's like, why are we doing like, what, what's the point? Like, we know what he going to show us. Like we know, like, I mean, the game he played, he didn't play. I mean, I he played against, against us. He did not play that. He did not play well. He got hurt. The, like the last drive of the game, like, and that whole game we, we didn't do that he didn't do too much. So I don't know why you would want to go and get the guy who just you you locked up. Like, you know, it's like all right, we, we locked you up. Like I don't know why we, we, we gonna go and recruit you now. I don't know. It, to me that don't make sense. Like it's like all right, you know, he, he ain't show nothing against the we guys we beat. When is
2: what
0: I'm saying.
3: Like we were shooting the guys that we just we stomped on, like we just beat them down, hurt them in the last drive of the game and just like, yeah, we just we better than you. And then we just like, all right, now we want you in our team. Like we want you to be the leader yeah, of team. the
2: team. Yeah, and the crazier part is Duke is right next to Wake Forest. I mean, right man, next to it, like we can just recruit in the same area. <laughs> All our talent is in North Carolina or what? Because, I mean, at least, like, Sean brought up a really, really, really good point. Sean's point was that at least Jack Cone won a Big Ten championship. Yeah. And I think we, we, we confuse – Numbers for progress. What well, One thing Sanford said, Coach Sanford said to me that I've never forgot was don't confuse hard work with progress. He said, you can watch film all damn day. Sam Hartman can have every record in the book, 50 games plus play up there in the top five for touchdowns all time, 12,000 passing yards. But what did he really mean? And I, and I really believe it became evident when you compare Sam Hartman to Jack Cone is, well, Jack Cone is a winner. Mm-hmm. Jack Cone won 11 games playing half the time. Jack Cone put up 500 yards passing in a, in a, in a New Year's Six bowl game.
3: Didn't he, like, dislocate his finger or something came in and Dislocated,
2: throw yeah, yeah, it back yeah. in and threw the game, when it touched that. That's, that's yeah. what you want.
3: Yeah, Jack Cone tough. Jack Cone tough. <laughs> Yeah, any, play,
2: any play to have moments. So for us, you know, we try to get the decorated guy. And and I think there's only three types you can really get. You can get a decorated freshman, mm-hmm. a super talented, untapped potential guy with a year, two years left. Mm-hmm. Or you get a guy that's a winner. And the guy that's a winner usually isn't in the transfer court.
1: Yeah. Once again, that show was last week with C.J. Procise right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast talking about Riley Leonard and possibility that he will be the next quarterback at Notre Dame via the transfer portal. It is a shame, a shame.
2: Go ahead, Lucky. I was was just just filling in with what I thought you was about to say. (laughs) I mean, you guys
1: have strong opinions as, as former Notre Dame players that you know, we just shut this dude down defensively. And now we're going to get him to bring him to lead us, you know, to a championship in the playoff? You know, I will say this. He has a to- he has a better skill set, in my opinion, than Sam Hart.
2: In what way? Because I think he runs better than Sam Hartman, but we got a bunch of running backs.
1: No, nah, dude. Well, I'm going based upon the fact that he's going to be drafted higher than Sam Hart. So he has Sam more, is
2: he has five, like, <laughs> only what five, five, 10, five, 11, maybe soaking wet.
1: So from just pure physical skills, he's probably a more dangerous quarterback that can be, he has a better chance of being a playmaker in college football than Sam Hart. He is no different.
2: Opinion. His skill set is no different than Tyler Buckner's. He just slightly stays healthy.
1: First of, of all, you're, been a- you're, being, you're being mad disrespectful. He's way better. No, I got to
2: no, no, I gotta, I gotta talk about my guy Tyler Buckley now. You mean your boy just gave up football for lacrosse? You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you really want to have that conversation today? Yeah, I want to have a conversation. I wanna, God, gosh darn it, Notre Dame. You done messed my guy up so bad. He's been abused for so long. That he's coming back and saying, you know what, I'm gonna am I'm hit the Jordan Faison reverse car. I'm gonna walk on the lacrosse. They said they got a spot open. They just lost the guy in Faison. I'm gonna pick that spot back up because it's a it's a symbiotic relationship. Two way street trade. We they give us on we give them Buckner. Gosh darn it. That's the that's the disappointment we've been faced with in the quarterback room so bad that the man said I had to go to the pinnacle of college football to still realize. Left, you say he's pulling the reverse walk-on? The reverse walk-on. I, I mean, I have never seen the type of actions that that quarterback room has caused. They hit the man so bad. Oh, man. His, his transfer portal was so hard, he had to go play lacrosse with his sister. His sister played lacrosse, right? Was she on the basketball team or something? I mean, my goodness. Left. And so that's where that's 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 messed up, man. Because I don't I don't see no difference between him and Riley Leonard skill set wise. What is Riley Leonard really in the game that you watched against us versus Duke? Did Riley Leonard show you anything to where you're like, man, if he was on our team? See, left, this
1: is where my point comes across. When they couldn't get anything going, they started using Riley Leonard in the run game to open up their running backs in the run game. And then eventually they came back to the passing game in motion, and they started making some hay against Notre Dame. If if Sam Hartman is not in rhythm, there is no other option for the offense to get going. Either Sam Hartman is on or he's not. You can't use his legs to get other things going. At least with a player like Riley Leonard, at least you can say, "Let's go to this part of his game to see if we can get everybody else going." But you, 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 you see what you see what you set us up
2: with, though, Sean. You set us not, up with I'm that. I'm not
1: setting, I'm being objective, looking at the, the quarterback and what he has. You act like I said this dude. I didn't say he was a first round grade. That's what NFL Scouts said. I didn't say that. NFL Scouts that's said true. that. Okay, Sam Hartman, but you can say Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman can be the most efficient quarterback in the world. He's not a playmaker. Against in, in big games, he has nothing. He only has one way to come at you. That's it. And if that's not working, it's a wrap. At least where it's C.J. Carr, Deuce Knight, whatever, at least those quarterbacks are going to have other ways to beat you. Jalen Milrow, who we know does not have efficiency on his side in the passing game. We know this, but ooh wee if he can't change games with his legs? Alabama can always go to his legs. Notre Dame didn't have that this year. That's all I'm saying.
2: But Notre Dame has the the players around you. Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese ain't had no legs, but Tommy Reese is the third winningest quarterback of all time at Dude. Notre Dame. Or did, what is did, he like?
1: Did you just say? Wait a minute. Wait,
2: what? He was he third? Thomas so up
1: Sam, there. So Sam Hartman had players around him this year
2: sam hartman had open guys that we saw in the all 22. i'll tell you that
1: i i i 100 100 agree
2: i'm not gonna say say they guys or they not guys but i'm gonna say that it was open guys it was an opportunity to have a lot more points a lot more big plays to be made now i'm not gonna say that's a result of us having the guys or Mm -hmm. a result of guys just being open in the moment so the opportunity is there. So I don't want anybody to think that it's guys are just locked up down the field the whole way, step by step. Now, it happens. Now, that does happen. We, we do have a separation issue. But more times than likely, we're in good positions that our quarterback isn't coming through on the, on the other end. It would be a shame to have Chris Mitchell wide open. We can't get him to football. Because we know for a fact Chris Mitchell is going to be open for a mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. Like for like, it's a fact that Guys are open but it's for a fact That he's going to be open at some point In the game I mean look at his numbers look at his film. So there has to be a two way Street on this There has to be some The quarterback Operating as well as the Receiver getting open I mean we had Tobias Man whether Tobias is going to blow up next Year the court, Tobias is going to blow up wherever he goes He's going to blow up That's a walking 50-reception, 1,000-yard receiver. Seven or eight-touchdown receiver. Automatically. We just proved for him, we just lowered his value coming to Notre Dame. So now we're hitting the reverse card. Okay, we may not be able to do it with talent, Mm -hmm. but what about a guy with game experience and accomplishment? That's a little different. A guy that don't almost doesn't know any better. You know them guys that just go in there and just the super strong dudes that go to the weight room and just pick up 500 pounds, don't even know that that was 500 pounds, they just start lifting it. That's better than the guy that you heard about in the gym just throwing up all that weight and goes in there and barely does 275. So I do think that Chris Mitchell has all the things you would need to wear development, isn't as of importance, which is why I think he's a great second receiver, 1B type of receiver to come in and just produce. We're not asking you to lead the drills and show guys what to do. necessarily. We just need you to be open. That's what we hired you for, just to be open. Maybe not be the, the main guy because I don't think he's physically big enough to be the main dude. That's why I think he went to I- FIU. to I tell you. With.
1: The flowers that were thrown at your feet today on Irish Breakdown. See, don't throw no flowers at me, throw
2: weights. You know, flowers, are okay. a
1: feminine. dude, it's a phrase, man. Like, oh my god, that's what
2: I'm dude. talking about, though. You can even the phrases against you, just say throw weights. People throw weights at
1: me, hey man. Look, you can throw flowers at my feet, dude. If it means you give me a compliment, I'm all good. <laughs> However, you want to phrase flowers. Twix, Reese's bars, however you want to phrase it. So yeah, like
2: throw, some, throw some candy at my feet.
1: Polo shirts, polo hats, whatever Ooh, you
2: want to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Christmas time now. I like how you do that, throw your items on there. I mean, if I'm customizing
1: it for myself, I got to throw the polo in there, Lev.
2: <laughs> now, so, do you wear the polo shoes too? Because that's a whole nother no, swag.
1: I have on polo slides right now.
2: See, slides
1: ain't, ain't the shoes. No, no, I have a pair of polo sneakers, but I'm not, I'm always, I'm an Air George guy, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm a dude, I do. Air So George polo
2: a, stops you to the socks, it just only gets to the socks, you know, you know, polo from the neck to the socks. No, nah, because I'm not that matchy match. Okay.
1: Dude, when I dress, like, you know, I'll go brand with polo. I do, I, I do like my polo accessories, I cannot lie. That's right. That's but right. i don't i don't wait to wear polo accessories only when i wear polo i mean i wear polo socks every day
2: mm, They do just about Almost, man super socks.
1: comfortable bro That's super right. comfortable so no the compliment that was given to you i asked and you can i asked uh what is the same question i asked you yesterday what is your expectation for a number one receiver at notre dame as far as receptions? and i said I asked Brian Driscoll and Ryan Roberts, would you want the wide receiver room to be like the 2018 room, which had 250 reception guys and a 40 reception guy? Or would you rather have the 2014 room, which had a big-time number one guy and then a 40 reception guy, a 39 reception guy, along with a 29 reception and 23 reception guy? That's
2: right.
1: If you were going to choose, though, between those two rooms, which one would you want this Notre Dame wide receiver room to be like in 2014? Would you want the true number one guy up top with the rest or three really good guys?
2: Find mm. the three really good guys, right? No, no, no. Mm. Well,
1: the, okay, so in 18 it was – Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool, over 50 receptions, and then Chris Fink in the slot.
2: Okay, that's a, see, that's a good team, though, because all those guys are talent-worthy.
1: And all those guys pretty much went to the NFL. Yeah, all of
2: them went to the eight,
1: NFL. Yeah.
2: All of them ran four threes. Except
1: Chris. Now, 14, 2014, might, you might be a little bit biased to 2014. Will Fuller has 76 at 1,094 yards. And then <laughs> that's that guy. Like, we haven't had a guy like that, dude. Like, I don't know. I might be biased to, like, that dude. because <laughs> that, That's crazy.
2: Oh, 76? Michael Floyd had 104,000.
1: Bro, do you understand that the next year, he got more yards on less receptions? Dude, he he went, real, to, real, real, real. he went down to he went down sixty-two receptions and had two hundred more yards. <laughs> that's that's insane, dude. Yeah, that's hard not to take, that's, man. It's hard. That's not to like take. that's like a dude walking out on the field, looking across, like, "Hey, dog, you might as well just give up right now."
2: Straight up, this man this
1: man averaged twenty yards of
2: reception yeah. with sixty
1: receptions. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was will, like
2: them too. Watching it was like it was a lot of bombs. Yeah. A lot of and he, hell. He even took some screens to the crib.
1: Yeah. So it was Will Fuller, Corey Robinson, Chris Brown, CJ, and Amir.
2: Damn. That's see. See, you talking about a, a special group of guys. That's like a the special,
1: Justice League. Yeah. That's a special. That's like group, the Justice man.
2: League. They all complimented each other. None of them was particularly <laughs> special over the other one, but they all had a unique part to the office that was needed. You know, Chris Brown was that solid possession guy. Corey Robinson was a big play. Will was every down receiver. I mean, we really had the role scripted very well, recruited very well to what we did on offense.
1: Right, because you re- you recruit and develop to what the offense you want to be, not necessarily the offense that you are. That's the way it should go. Um, so the, I was about to say flowers. My apologies since you love food, great cuisine that was thrown at your feet today, love, was that you were the last intangible true leader at quarterback that the entire team rallied around. Notre Dame hasn't had a galvan- galvan- galvanizing quarterback that galvanized the entire team and everybody took their lead from them with intangibles since that's, that's
2: real man I might, I might take some flowers on that one that was a good one that's but brian driscoll
1: brian driscoll threw that at your feet
2: but it's true i mean look at it we had a bunch of solo acts not not necessarily selfish players but guys made of different characters you know i'm a guy that's out there galvanizing the team bringing guys around and brand is more of a softer soul leader in his own way lead by play and all of that good stuff not real vocal but had a lot of intangibles. And then you got Ian. Ian was just who he was himself, you know, just his own guy. And I think after that, you just get a hogwash of a bunch of just just uh, just a, just not finding the guy with the it. I believe yeah. Dante had the it. I believe Deuce Knight has the it. CJ got a little bit of it, but CJ got to back it up with some play. Then Kenny Minchie got a a, a swag to him, a it to him. More of a personalized, you know, he gonna have that inner confidence kyle Murray. But CJ's got a little bit of that, what I had. Deuce Knight hopefully has the whole package. And it's just a that matters a lot when it comes to winning football games and late in the season. It matters a lot that your guy at the quarterback position is a leader in that right.
1: So you talk about that. Let's transition over to Bo Collins, Riley Leonard, visiting on the sixth and seventh. Uh Riley Leonard, according to reports, was at Ohio State today. I don't know how much of a chance Ohio State has because a lot of people seem to think it's a done deal with Notre Dame and Riley Leonard. What is, in your opinion, the excitement level that fans should have with Josh Kelly, Bo Collins, and Chris Mitchell possibly being on this team with Riley Leonard as quarterback?
2: What's the excitement level for Josh Kelly?
1: Yeah, because we know that Bo Collins is 6'3 physical receiver for Clemson, was usually...
2: The potential miss- explosive plays downfield. But yes. at the same time, we had a Tobias. So I really don't have an expectation. I have more of a somebody got to make it happen. We need um, actualization. Because mm-hmm. what was the word we had? Execute, we had to get rid of that. Actualizing what we should have on the field.
0: keep it twisted
1: so if you could take chris mystery was in the fold if it came down but bo collins and josh kelly which one would you take
2: i want anybody but bo collins i just don't think bo collins is an elite talent i just think he's big
1: that's real and from a production standpoint josh kelly gets the nod. that's undeniable if you just want to talk about yo Production. Bo Collins has no argument when it comes to Josh Kelly. Hey, I'm I'm greedy. We're going to the bowl game and coming out of the bowl game. We're going to the bowl game with six. Coming out of the bowl game with five. I'm greedy. At this point, I'll take four receivers in the pool. I I don't care. Get four dudes that can produce right now. Right now, give Mike Brown four dudes that can not only produce but can be people that the young receivers can look at and say, okay, those guys have a track record of getting it done in big games against really good competition and great competition. That's how I need to get better as a wide receiver. It's one thing to have a coach, but it's so much better to have players that other guys can look at. And see, I can drop this little nugget right because i'm not i told you guys i'm not my final word on that situation from last week was on saturday but i will drop this little nugget one of the things that impacted braylon james that possibly led to him making his own decision to jump into the portal is that when he got to campus the only veteran receiver this is according to him the only veteran receiver that came to get him every time he went out, came to get him when he got something to eat, came to get him when it was time to work out outside of regular workouts was Lorenzo Styles Jr. And when Lorenzo Styles Jr. transferred, the guy that was leading the way for that youngster was all of a sudden gone. And that impacted that young man in multiple ways. So I'm not saying that to connect to anything else other than when you have young players, it's one thing to have a coach that they can look to. It's a whole nother thing to have veterans in that position room that are doing it that they can look to as well. It matters. And even more than production on the field. It's going to be very important for these veteran receivers that come into the program to lock in with the young receivers to show them the way to being, I don't want to say a professional because they're not professional athletes, but the way to operate in excellence at the position and get better at your craft. That's the added value for going out and getting these guys. In the transfer portal, lucky lefty podcast that's it there's value see and i understand understand lorenzo styles jr was coming off a down year and i said this the other day he came off a down year and would still be the leading receiver in this year's wide receiver room with his down year, his stats from his down year would have led the receiving room this year. So there's value to having guys that work their tails off. Because the one thing I've never heard about Lorenzo Styles Jr. is that when it came time to practice, that he didn't work his tail off. Never heard anybody call him lazy. Heard a lot of different things that weren't the best look for Lorenzo Styles Jr., and I'm sure he would agree with that, and his family would agree with that. But one thing you never heard at Notre Dame is that he didn't put in the work. That's one thing you never heard. And when Braylon James lost that veteran that took him under his wing, yo, So you guys are looking at production. I'm looking at what these youngsters need. I'm thinking about Cam Williams. I'm thinking about Logan Sadate. I'm thinking about Micah Gilbert not having to come into the room and look up at sophomores who still have Similac on their breath. They're still babies. They're still trying to learn how to be guys in college football. This wide receiver room, it's almost like what happened last week turned into being a blessing in disguise right because the veteran the veterans were still going to be beyond cozy Jaden thomas but can you really depend on those guys as far as availability they're off injured so how much can you depend on those guys so the bets for your youngsters that were going to be dominating the wide receiver room tobias merriweather That's the guy that was going to be the leader for guys to look up to. I mean, it is very, it was very worrisome of how, for how things were going to turn out. But now Notre Dame has an opportunity to totally reshape that room with a much more refined and qualified coach to come in and deal with a wide receiver room that has really good veteran representation as far as production and craft and then young talent with huge upside. That's how you want your room to be shaped. And that wouldn't have happened if it were not for the events that occurred on last week. As catastrophic as most of us felt when everything was going on, At the end of the day, it turned out to be a great opportunity for Notre Dame to reshape everything. It really did. And we'll see if they can close the deal. If you're telling me that we lost these guys and in turn we turned that into Riley Leonard, Josh Kelly, Bo Collins, and Chris Mitchell, along with Great House, Faison, K.K. Smith, Cam Williams, Logan Sadate, and Micah Gilbert. Ah, hey, that, that's, that's a great trade. I know the MLB Winter Meetings are going on, but, hey, ladies and gentlemen, dude, if you had told me that, the week leading up to Stanford, before, before all hell broke loose, I might have told you, man, can we make that happen, like, right now? Can we make that happen right now? So, hey, left, what happened last week might have been a blessing in disguise, the way this wide receiver room might end up looking going into next spring.
2: Absolutely, but we had to talk about it. There was some hard conversations need to have after the season anyway, so for people mm-hmm. to kind of take up on themselves that, okay, this ain't the opportunity for me moving forward, I, they don't have a future for me, it's starting to be more apparent as the more open transfer portal has become guys are being honest with themselves and they're seeing success of guys that leave right away and, and, and do well other places, so it's really a hot potato kind of situation.
1: How do you think this portal, Um, do you think it has caused coaches to be more honest because of coaching was a field with a lot of lies to keep players in programs. And now you talked about those conversations. Do you feel like coaches now can feel like they can be honest? Like, you know what? Hey, we're moving on or we're moving in this direction. Yeah. I mean, you gotta
2: be more honest, but it's just about being more authentic. I think mm-hmm. that these coaches need to have more plans for guys they're recruiting instead of just shooting fish in the barrel hoping they get one. If you are entertaining a guy, recruiting a guy, explain a plan for him. Explain his role. Explain how he impacts the team. If we just recruiting guys based off stars, you can't do that anymore because those same stars will leave, a.k.a. Texas A&M, no matter how much money that they're able to get.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see, Jimmy Page said we arguably lost our three fastest players. Chris Tyree, yes. I don't th- did you think Rico Flores was a speed merchant? Please Absolutely show,
2: me, not. Absolutely please show not. me evidence. Please show me
1: evidence of any game where Rico Flores ran by anybody.
2: Can't find it.
1: It doesn't exist. Rico Flores was not a speed receiver. He was He's just nowhere a versatile near versatile
2: guy with the ball in his hands. He, he was nowhere near
1: everything yeah Tobias, he's like
2: that handyman he's not an electrician yeah. he's not a plumber he's the yeah. handyman which is almost like yeah. a jack of all trades good at nothing he's mm-hmm. he's good in different aspects but in terms of elite speed he yeah. wasn't that guy
1: yeah you have two speed receivers coming in with micah gilbert and cam williams cam williams is bigger upside than braylon james so i understand you, you know you heard about the speed and upside of braylon james is fine Chris Mitchell, I'll take Chris Mitchell over Tobias Merriweather. I would. Mm-hmm. Right now. I'm not right talking now, about yeah, who, right who Tobias can be. I'm talking about right now, today. Right now. Yeah, right now. If right you now. ask me who's a better receiver, Chris Mitchell or Tobias Merriweather, give me Tobias Merriweather. If you ask me who's a better receiver right now, Josh Kelly or Tobias Merriweather, give me Josh Kelly. That's
2: right.
1: Like, it is what it is. Like, Sometimes you just got to get over what you lost and move on. It, stuff happens, and it's unfortunate.
2: Yeah, it's just whoever we get needs to be more productive than the people we had leaving. <laughs> yeah, a, I agree. Of course, it's a loss.
1: <laughs> I agree. And I, people are like, man, people are like for a freshman, he balled. He had like 26, 27 receptions. I don't even think he averaged 10 yards of reception. It's like, ugh. Heck yeah, coaching. Heck yeah, coaching would have improved. Tobias, the dude had two receptions as a freshman. He should have been playing 10 snaps a game. Easily, you darn right. The right coaching would have had him much more developed as a freshman and into his sophomore year. Heck yeah. Heck, Lorenzo Styles Jr. and Dion Cozy were putting up numbers as freshmen. All of a sudden, another coach comes in in the wide receiver room and the the, the high-ceiling
2: freshman can't get on the field? When you just had two freshmen a year before? Which is something it, that Marcus Freeman needs to tell Mike Brown coming into the situation that, listen, we're looking to play young and we're looking to play early because that's what's going to have a lot of retention for these recruits in 24 and 25, but also the mm-hmm. retention for guys that are, uh, that are potential prospects. I mean, you're looking at – uh what these recruits are looking for, Carnell Tate is a prime example. He ain't seen no young guys playing early. That's a major decision in, his, in, in the way he weighed in Notre Dame to Ohio State and other places. He didn't have no guys playing early and didn't have guys making an impact in the league. So those are the two things that from an expectation room before Mike Brown even gets there needs to be addressed and accomplished.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, fair questions. These are fair questions that everyone should be asking. In retrospect, like, wait a minute, we had two freshmen and Deion Cozy and Lorenzo Styles Jr. making plays the second half of the season, coming on in that wide receiver room. We got rid of the wide receiver coach because he was a problem. We brought in another guy that Tommy Reese wanted, and the freshman receiver couldn't get on the field. Couldn't get on the
2: field, man. Like what happened? Because you had the same offensive coordinator. It was definitely too many. What happened? Like because it's just not enough answers for some of the weird things that have taken place in terms of guys getting on the field, especially guys that can help when what you have right now isn't being productive. You know,
1: and it's crazy, man. It's just cra- It's just weird. Now that you really look back and dig in, in retrospect, like you said, left. That's just weird. How do you come off of? the promise of two wide receivers get rid of the wide receiver coach even though your freshman wide receivers exploded upon the scene Lorenzo Styles put on the show in the fiesta Bowl I wish he had dove for that long pass in the second half yeah exactly (laughs) but it's like you go from there to having a higher ceiling freshman in the room next year with the same offensive coordinator and a different wide receiver coach, and all of a sudden, that freshman can't get snapped. But the starting quarterback is coming up to the podium at the press conference like, yo, that cat Tobias is killing in
2: practice. It's everything. He's killing I, that I, practice. He's catching everything. The connection I have
1: with him is incredible. This is yeah, Drew I Pine.
2: Can I can throw it anywhere. He'll come I, down with it. Like what
1: Yes, this? Drew Pine said I can throw it anywhere. He'll come down with it. Like, he got got two
2: receptions on the year how starting quarterback
1: is saying all this to the media and he can't get on the field it's just weird man it it will go down as one of the greatest notre dame mysteries of all time like how do you go from
2: that to this how that's the only thing, you know, most other places is because of injury. This is because of unknown speculations and conspiracies, which it doesn't sit right for a guy who at who believes just like the fan base believes we should have so much and do so much more with those talented guys we recruit. Because what else are we in the, the top ten of recruiting for if we're not going to play anybody? If that's the case, we might as well just recruit these three stars that pop on the scene that seem to do better in the offense that doesn't support receivers like it should, which goes back to Riley Leonard. If Riley Leonard can't throw great play action, I don't want him. We should have any guy that wants to transfer have a, a play action, throw a deep mm. contest. Who can mm. throw the best posts, deep posts, over routes, drive routes? Who can throw the 15 and longer type of throws? Because that's the only way that I see a transfer coming in, benefiting us outside of guys we have already. Anthony
1: Solomon, thank you for the super chat. Thanks for doing IB and LL today, Sean. Hey, man, it is my pleasure. I'm, are you kidding me? I'm the one that's blessed. I get to talk Notre Dame football on a daily basis. Are you kidding me? With the greatest fans in the world? It doesn't get any better. But I appreciate you, and thank you for the super chat. But, uh, I, I man, I I'm confused, man. I'm just like you guys and, and dude, the Tobias Merriweather transfer hurt hurt me more than anybody that left and shout out to Chris Tyree who went back home and committed to Virginia today. Happy for the dude, right? Because the quarterback, the young quarterback he has is a baller, an absolute baller at Virginia, an absolute baller. And I believe that that program is on the rise the way they played the second half of the season. They have some really big wins so chris tyree goes in there he's probably going to be the guy one of the guys and hopefully he puts in enough work and puts forth tape that's going to get him to the next level and allow him to get to the nfl man lucky lefty podcast boy. yeah i'm still stuck i i Deion Cozy, Lorenzo Styles—they coming off great freshman years. You think, oh, here comes Tobias. He's the next one. We just had Styles put in work. He's the next freshman. Yeah, nothing, nothing. I will say this because left is yo. His expectations for Tobias are really high. The young man averaged twenty yards per reception this year. That's not easy. It's not easy. That's pretty darn good. It's
2: pretty, pretty darn, darn good. good.
1: Yeah, that's that's not easy to do. That's why what Will Fuller did with 62 receptions, averaging 20 yards of reception, that's we, we gotta insane. find a
2: way to replace that production. That's something Marcus Freeman has to study: is how do we get a 20-yard perception? Well, we did ha- we had one, we just didn't use them. How do we get one that has the speed? An impact that we can get in a transfer board. Chris Mitchell isn't a 4-3 guy. However, the receptions add on to it, which is why you need elite physical traits to have a number one receiver. And I think we have it in the room. We just gotta bring it out.
1: Can I be honest, man? I'm tired of hearing about take up uh oh high-end speed guys at Notre Dame. I'm tired of hearing that. I'm tired of it, dude. Just give me some dudes that go on the field. I don't care if they run four, 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 five. Give me some dudes that can get over. Okay, I I just don't. I don't give me dudes that are gonna get open and produce because we get they draw us in like, oh, you got to see what this kid's doing in practice, he's running by everybody. Uh, 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 uh. Then we get to Saturday, and there's nothing either they can't get on the field or they don't throw it to him when he's open,
2: which is a combination of two bad, two bad outcomes. Don't throw it to him, and when he's open. He's barely open. So for mm-hmm. us, it's got to it's be a commitment to the receivers. It's just got to be a commitment. It wasn't a strong enough commitment last year. We tried to play somebody else's offense. This is the year where we commit to involving a receiver. If we're going to do all this transfer portal stuff, get more involved, in these, that needs to happen.
1: Let me ask LL Nation. All of you that are in here, we appreciate you guys because we're about to be done tonight. We thank you for joining us prime time. And we'll let you know on the Lucky Lefty Pod Twitter X page Uh, what time we're going to be going tomorrow would you prefer the room has stayed the way it was or would you have preferred to go through the pain of last week to end up with the potential of what the room could be ll question of the day i'm going to sit here and let you guys type it in which one do you choose would you choose for things to stay tobias rico everybody chris tyree that you love would you Prefer the room stay that way or would you prefer the promise and potential of the room and what it could be with Mike Brown as the wide receiver coach? Is the pain worth it? What you went through last week, do you think it's worth it? I, Irish Steel, thank you, man. The room is better now, in my opinion. Lilo Galante says the current situation. Uh... Terry Tyler, thank you for tapping in. Change, 100%. Rob, sit up. Rob, Hey man, keep doing your thing, covering everything that you cover. I love your basketball takes, brother. Keep doing your thing. You guys follow Rob on uh, Twitter X and also follow what he does, talking basketball. I have to check on my line. They were playing good against Florida Atlantic. I think it was an eight-point game with like seven minutes left. Uh, Roosevelt, one of our daytime, one of our listeners all the time, really don't make a difference. Uh, let's see. <laughs> giggity giggity change. Ryan Loftus says, can't call it too early to tell changes will make a difference in 2024. Uh, Greg. I prefer the promise of what Mike Brown would do with the wide receiver room. So the coach is the difference for him. Uh, Jimmy Page, man, I'm not going down that road. Man, Answer the question. Uh, Wes Craven, I love the potential because the uh, OF was booty this year. (laughs) Uh, Anthony Solomon, room is better now, but the kids being treated better with my kids
2: being treated better i think is a is a huge difference outside of it because talent is talent tobias was fast all the guys that left was pretty fast but the huge difference is relationship
1: andrew dylan we did a full show on mike brown yesterday go to yesterday's show the first 40 minutes was all about mike brown you'll have all the information you need uh Jay Henry, change room, uh, Marcel. Yep, I think it was worth the growing pains, trust in Coach Marcus Freeman. Uh, DeMont, Mr. Food Love, I prefer next man up. If the guys we had wasn't producing, then I feel the youngsters deserve a chance like the Braylon James. And Carberry Q, if it wasn't as toxic as some have said it was, it is better for everyone that was in the room. Um, home run hire? No, he's not a home run hire. Home run hire is like a guy that everybody loves, everybody knows, no, nobody's about yes, home. That's Jared Parker, Jared Parker yeah. was
2: the homie hire.
1: No, no, not homie, home run, home run hire. Like, no, no one would call Mike Brown a home run hire. He's not like Jamarcus Shepard. Like, getting Jamarcus Shepard to come from Washington to Notre Dame would be a home run hire. You know, getting the wide receiver coach from Texas to leave Texas and come to Notre Dame would be a home run hire. He wasn't a safe hire either, based upon the research. That's not a safe hire. When you have SEC teams courting this wide receiver coach to come to their staff, because that's how much they respect him in the recruiting and development world and what he went through to be a five-year vet in the NFL, that's far from a safe hire. Far from a safe hire. That's not a safe hire. I would roll with people calling Jared Parker a safe hire because of his lack of experience at what he was being asked to do. This man has been at three top Power 5 programs, has a track record of developing NFL players out of three stars, and this is his first time being able to walk in to high schools and living rooms with ND on his chest. That's a life changer as a recruiter. That dude has been walking in with a Cincinnati logo and a Wisconsin logo on his chest. And he's been able to recruit and develop, man. That speaks for itself. Like, as much as we say, well, we'll wait and see. Yeah, wait and see. But this man has been able to recruit. I said yesterday his leading receiver is going to have 70 receptions and developed from his sophomore year to his junior year and improved by 50 receptions at Wisconsin. Tell me the last 70 reception dude at Wisconsin. Maybe Abadaris back with Russell Wilson. Maybe. And I could be wrong. But I can't think of the last 70 reception uh, wide receiver at Wisconsin. I can't. That's, that's impressive to me to have a 70-reception receiver with Tom. That's impressive to me.
2: That is impressive.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. So it's not about what he'll get or what any other receiver will get at Notre Dame. It's all about track record of what this man can do like what he has done is undeniable and the young man see this goes back to what i said saturday like people you know people can only report people can only report the information they have see i could sit here today and talk about the development of will pauling at wisconsin because will pauling went to homewood Flossmore high school with my daughter and she knows him and as soon as they started talking about mike brown I got on the line and said baby girl i need you to connect me with will she said okay because he was a year behind her she was a cheerleader he was on the football squad so i've watched this young man play he was a three-star thing ranked like 600.
2: Three stars where it's at for notre dame we love walking the yeah, three-star
1: ranked like in the 600s they recruited him with cincinnati Coach Brown left him with the Wisconsin with Luke Fickle. He jumped in the portal and followed Coach Brown. He had 12 receptions as a sophomore at the South Horse Cincinnati. He jumped to 66 during the regular season. They faced LSU. He's probably going to have 70 by the end of the season. I finally get to connect. Yo, what's your thoughts on Mike Brown? He changed my life. That's all I needed to hear. I love that man. He changed my life. He made me feel old, though, because when we got on the line, he was like, man, how you doing, Mr. Davis? How you doing, man? I'm like, dude, relax. We just chopping it up. I appreciate you showing me respect. But it's just like that goes back to. I didn't. Hey, the young man went to school with my daughter. That's the connect. Nobody else can report that because they don't have it. I'm not going to apologize for doing my job. Sorry. Lucky lefty podcast. So, as I said before, if you missed yesterday's show, the first 40 minutes was about Mike Brown. We talked to Keith Jenkins at the Cincinnati Inquirer. I talked to several Chicago area coaches, uh, high school coaches. I talked to people at the Big Ten that have a relationship with him, know about him. I talked to people in the NFL that know him respect him we gave you 40 minutes of information about the young man that's it cam ward was recruited by him to cincinnati cam ward i spoke to five minutes after the news broke and i said yo how you feel bro his exact words hell yeah with that excitement in his voice hell yeah that's right that's what he he called he called logan sagate and told him we good bro we good and logan Sadate put on twitter cam said we're good marcus freeman said he was gonna handle it and he did let's go and they proceeded to call micah gilbert and they said like always micah gilbert didn't pick up his phone
2: <laughs> how we recruit this kid? on do pick up his phone. Hey man, on a direct order or, or money order or something? How we? How we yeah, do. Yeah. So I mean, look, that's it, man.
1: That's it. People are excited, man. The freshmen are, the And it's
2: good reason to be because whenever you have such of a clean house like this, you know that the better things are on the rise, right? You know that better things yeah. are coming down the pipe. If you're having a total clean house, especially when the coach leaves as well, you're in a good position for Marcus Freeman to, to, to take on this third offseason and, and have it better than the last two, in my opinion. He's getting stuff done early. The last thing he's got to do is get a quarterback get a couple more pieces a, an assistant coach in a way, a right-hand man like an older assistant i think that proves to be helpful in any program especially him being a young inexperienced coach. that's
1: it lucky lefty podcast you know yeah man so yo was the pain worth it i think i'll put that up as a poll on youtube so if you guys want to go vote over there give me about 30 minutes after the show I'll probably put it up as a poll, like was the pain of last week worth it? Based upon the potential wide receiver room and new coach that could be at Notre Dame, I'll be very interested in seeing how that vote shakes out, and we can talk about it tomorrow. Uh, Lucky enough, podcast. I don't look. I don't listen to KBA and Ohio State stuff, right? Unless KBA turns out to be a liar they've started the zoom calls with the 24 class they started them they started meeting like two weeks ago as a total class and he's been on every call and telling everybody he can't wait to get here so unless he decides to pull a peyton boy the only thing you can do is take that young man at his word
2: that's all you can do take a young man at his word
1: so until then, I'm not wasting time with, with rumors, man. Like, if the young man comes, he comes. If he's not, and like I said, if he chooses to play that Peyton Bowen joint, hey, say la vie. It is what it is.
2: We not choosing nobody that don't want to be kept. No,
1: man. No, we're really not. We're really not. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Thank you for everybody that joined us today. It's a great show. You guys had the chat lit as always. You know what time it is.
0: Petticoat! Petticoat! Petticoat Junction! It's time to get petty!
2: Oh, we did a good job executing
0: it. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train.
2: I just don't like you. You don't?
0: No. What is today's petty Historic Petty Junction. Petty Junction.
1: Petty Junction. Petty story today, brought to you by Anora Whiskey at Norwhiskey.com and MalikZaire.com for all your traveling needs during the holiday season. Go to MalikZaire com. Love, man, this Kisha Shavers, bro. She just keeps... Now I want to throw Joe Smith on the petty train too, bro, because they did a sit-down interview together. I'm like, man, you know what? I'm starting to believe y'all did this together to get both of your names out there. This, this stuff is ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Interviews all over the place, doing interviews, acting like it's super tension. You know, she's bringing up stuff about kid and play and all. Dude, it's throw everybody on the petty train. Everybody on the petty train. Let me tell you something, man. I don't know how to take it, but I don't know if you saw Columbus Short recently told the story about how he was in bed with his wife and Diddy called him at 2.30 in the morning trying to get him to come to the hotel. And I'm like, Columbus, why are you even telling it? I mean, it's like, okay, dude. As a man, if that had taken place left, I promise you I would have never told anybody.
2: what you say? You say you got to put everybody on the petty chain for that one.
1: huh, Bruh, I, I, if Diddy had called you left, At two in the morning would you have come out to the world and said, yo did he call me at like two in the morning told me to come to the hotel i
2: wouldn't do it 20 years later
1: i wouldn't wouldn't do it shopping with him either (laughs) no not at all because in my mind i'm like what made did he think that he could come at you like that because dudes like that don't just randomly pick cats to come at what made him think that you were praying i'm just saying did he hear something in the celebrity streets i don't know but it's like dun 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 like yo this is real random for you to be talking about this experience columbus short really random very interesting though last but not least major league baseball After years of the draft order being based upon wins and losses, they instituted the MLB draft lottery. Left And in a year where the White Sox had a chance to either be the third or fourth pick, we ended up getting the fifth pick via the draft lottery. See, this is what I'm talking about. And a team that was better than us, the Cleveland Guardians, in our division, got the number one pick. left I think you can't do when it rains it pours it's not bad enough that- that's
2: right when it rains, it pours, man
1: it's not bad enough that the White Sox are terrible <laughs> same ownership which means Jerry Reinsdorf which means the Bulls are terrible when it just when it rains
2: Chicago it sports is gonna make a comeback they built that new stadium Dude. in Chicago the league gonna try to make sure they get into the Super Bowl or close to it put
1: put Chicago sports on the petty train for the rest of the year.
2: (laughs) The rest of the year?
1: It's it's the worst sports town right now. The worst sports town with sports teams. Nobody's worse. Who? Who's worse than Chicago right now? Who? Blackhawks, bad. White Sox, bad. Bulls, bad. Bears, bad, Cubs, mid. It's, bad organizations. It's all, it's all bad right now. Hey, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. Left, be safe, man. Out there in the L.A. traffic, I promise you, when I finally get out there, I'm not looking forward to that, bro. Up, oh, dude. Being here in Chicago with traffic is pretty mild. Is absolutely amazing. But not looking forward to it, man. You guys have a great evening. Make sure you spin it different. We'll see you tomorrow.
4: Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have.